So we were just talking about uh, Tom Petty, and he was on SNL, and Dave Grohl was playing drums with him. Yeah, so he's told this story before. Um, he uh, he wasn't, after Kurt died, like, yeah. he didn't want to do music. Like, anytime he got near instruments, like, it just, like, bummed him out. Like, yeah. And so he was just, like, kind of grieving and staying away from music, and Tom Petty called him one day and was like, hey, because uh, Tom Petty had just fired his drummer who had been with him forever, this guy Stan Lynch. Oh, wow. And so he was looking for a drummer, and he was going to be on SNL. This was for the Wildflowers album. I don't know if you... It's we like one of my favorite albums. Yeah. Wildflowers. That one? And, uh, yes. Go and uh, so Dave was like... It's funny, there's a clip of him telling the story for the first... He's told it many times, but when mm-hmm. he tells it for the first time, he's like... He's like, I, he's like, I was like... What? Really? Like... Was nobody else available? And Tom was just like, no, man, come play with us. And he was like, and he's like, so I immediately said yes. Yeah. And that was the first time he played music after Kurt died. Yeah. Oh, wow. And if wow. you watch, let, I got to find it. If you watch. Bro, I never knew this. I'm glad you If you that. watch the video, um, he, like, first of all, they sound incredible because he's yeah. just bashing away. And they do one of my favorite songs, too. Well, they do two songs, but they do one of my favorite of Wildfires, the song Honeybee. And it's like a really, like, jammy like bluesy you know like heavy drums oh i love when tom petty kills is bluesy it. they do you don't you wouldn't think it from tom petty but they I'm fucking huge, kill the blues rock. I'm, I'm a very big tom petty fan and uh yeah i gotta get more into him oh dude you should bro because um, you know why like from a practical standpoint people at like open mics and like at like casual bar cover band places they crave tom petty tom petty in my opinion is one of the most underrated <laughs> Here it is. Oh, is this just a clip? Why did this guy just... Oh, how do they not have the whole thing? I don't know, man. That sounds... This is a pretty important moment in history, I think. I don't know. Wait, so this... Oh, so this is just an MTV News thing. Yeah. Ah, shit. That's not Ricky Ragnar. That sucks. (laughs) So anyway... Ah, we can just... Anyway, they they were awesome. And uh, this that was the one I just played. Oh, is that the one? I think it's a... uh, it's like an MTV news piece, and I think they probably just show a clip of the video. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Drummer like leaves, yeah, because they're talking about... Actually, YouTube... So since Tom Petty died, his family's been going through his archive and releasing stuff. Yeah. And so they re-released... Oh, this is when he talks about it. Hey, Tom Petty just called and uh, wants to know if you'll play drums with him on Saturday Night Live. I'm like, what? <laughs> the fuck is he calling me for? He couldn't find a good drummer? I said, of course, I'll do it. No question, I'll do it. It was the first time that I really looked forward to playing the drums since Nirvana had ended. Damn, this is that song. I don't get to show a clip of it. Ooh. The Foo Fighters have covered this, too. The drums are just awesome. That. Ah, that is hard. So his family's been going through, like, all the stuff, and they re-released Wildfires, (laughs) because... Wildfires was supposed to be a double album because yeah. they recorded so much stuff. They made Wildfires with Rick Rubin, by the way. There you go, dude. So they re-released that, and then a couple weeks ago, they found all this video footage yeah. of the recording of Wildflowers. Okay. So they were like, holy shit. So they went through it all, and they made a documentary, and they put it up for free on YouTube like two weeks ago. And oh, I damn. just watched it the other day, and you should really watch it. It's incredible, because they yeah. interviewed Rick Rubin. They went back, and they got Mike Campbell and um, uh, Ben Montench, the keyboard player, like yep. the, the Heartbreakers. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just a really fascinating thing, because they go through... They, they also talk about how 
you know, he had wanted to get, he wanted to make a solo record. He wanted to get away from the Heartbreakers. Sure. Even though some of the Heartbreakers ended up playing on this album. Right. And that was why he didn't want Jeff Lynne to produce it. He wanted to try something different. So he, he, he talked to Rick Rubin. Ah. And uh, it was very cool because, cool. and then in the middle of that, the, the reason they had to do two songs for a greatest hits album to get out of their old record deal oh. so they could sign with Warner Brothers. Sure. So in the middle of recording Wildfires, they had to stop, yep. go to a different studio, okay. and record Mary Jane's Last Dance, and I forget what the other song is. Was it uh, Free Fallen? No, Free no. Fallen was earlier. Was but it? Yeah, when they put the greatest hits out, they, they recorded two new songs, and Mary Jane's Last Dance was one of, them. one of them. And it's crazy, because Mary Jane's Last Dance ended up becoming like one of their biggest hits, and it was literally the last thing they recorded like before they fired Stan Lynch, because Stan Lynch played drums on that. So who, okay, so where does, um, won't back down figure into this? Is that like totally different? That's earlier. That's so earlier Full Moon, oh, okay. So Full Moon Fever was... Uh, his first like solo, solo album yep. and that was Free Fallen and uh, I forget what Went else is down. on there um, uh, there's a couple other I mean it was a huge album but Jeff Lynne produced that with him yep. and that was like his first solo album and then um, oh fun fact the Beatles uh, George Harrison and Ringo Starr in the video for Won't Back Down and I think they did they play on it too or am I wrong about that I'm not positive okay I'm not positive but um Wildflowers, like, it was just, I remember buying it when it came out. It was like, I love Tom Petty, but Wildflowers was like my album. You know what I mean? Because it was like, and you listen to Tom talk about it. You really should watch the documentary because you listen to Tom talk about it. And he talks about, he's, he's, at the end they show like some like uh, word credit things. Yep, yep. And they, they talk about how Tom has said that it had said at the time and afterwards that it was his favorite thing he ever made. Oh, that's crazy. That's great. Yeah, and that was it. They ended up finding their new drummer after the SNL thing. They tried out... I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. He's a black guy, but he's the guy that then drummed with them from that point forward, from 94 to whenever he died, 2017 or whatever. I think it was 2017. I wonder. So, yeah, it was was really fascinating. And, like... um, What's it called again? um, I'm surprised... It didn't pop up. Hold on. It'll it pop just, up as soon as I... I forget what they exactly called it. No, it was like... Um, see, the album they called Wildflowers and all the rest, but the documentary... I forget what they called it. Oh, Somewhere You Feel Free, The Making of Wildflowers. Oh, great. Yeah, nine days ago. It's already got half a million views. Damn. But it was... It's really well done. Whoever put it together... So whoever, that was the premiere of it. Like, total they, premiere. They put it up on free... His, no his, way. Okay. His family's all. His family's awesome because yeah. all they care about is serving the fans. Oh, that's. I awesome. mean, they don't that's need. So like, let's be honest. They probably don't need any money. No. God so no. they're just serving the fans. That's And when awesome. they went into his, when they went into his archive after he passed, they yeah. realized the treasure trove. Like I've heard, they have concerts that people have never seen. Oh, I like all do. kinds of like just tapes and tapes and tapes of of stuff he never released. Yeah. That's why they did the double album for Wildflowers because. And Rick Rubin says in the documentary, he's like, we were going to do a double album. And Warner Brothers was like, no. Fuck. Your first album for us is not going to be a double album. No one's going to buy it. And they, they, and and they, so they, much, so. they talk about what a hard process it was to whittle down the, the 25 or however many songs they had God, to like the imagine, 14 or 15. Dude. Oh my God. Yeah, oh. yeah. And if you go listen, like, he could have, it could should have been a double album because... Yeah. The songs he cut off are awesome too. Like yeah. there's, he was just it was such a fertile period for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, you found out later that he was like 
pretty hooked on heroin during that time. Oh, that sucks. So, which is a bummer. But you don't notice, like, they shot a ton of shit. Yeah. In the studio, and you don't notice. Like, I had only heard about this years later. Because that was how... Do you know, like, the the story about, like, the, the background about how he died? I know it was, like, somewhat related to heroin, right? So he had... So they were doing, like... The last, like, big, huge Heartbreakers tour. Sure, yep. Which is why it's so iconic that he died. Because it was like, he was like, this is going to be the last time that we're going to, like, do the whole country, hit everywhere, like, one of those big, massive tours. Oh, yeah. And he had hurt his hip at some point, either before the tour or after the tour. Okay. And apparently he, like, fractured his hip or something. And he was in, like, an insane amount of pain. Right. So he started popping pain pills. And then that he started getting to, oxys. Yeah. And it hooked him right back in because right back he had in. been clean for like 30 well years. over 10 years. Yeah. 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 He had been clean for a while. A like while. he had put yeah. it all behind him. So that's what's really sad about it is, yeah, is it got him hooked back in. Yeah. And then he couldn't. And I, I'm almost positive that. Uh, fentanyl got him that he uh, probably yeah. did something that he did. I actually okay. heard recently that's what got Michael K. Williams too. Really? Michael K. Williams? Yeah. Yeah, he I knew was, he was a heroin They addict. said he had relapsed, yeah. and he had gotten a, a batch of heroin with fentanyl in it, and that's what did him that's in. did him in, yeah. Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy what's going on. I feel like it's not being made a big enough story that people are just dropping dead left and right from fentanyl, and... I mean, country really doesn't seem to care all that much. You don't think so? No, I mean... I, I mean, they care to a degree, but I don't know. I it's feel still pretty like, new. I mean, it's a still pretty fresh new did you, There was another story. There was another story, but it but it's infiltrating everyone because it was another story. About, and there's also, by the way, there's fentanyl. From what I understand, the um, not every strain of weed, but a lot of strains of weed have fentanyl in it. I mean, I don't know how they would do that. I don't know how they would do that. But that's what I heard. I could be totally... I don't know how they would do that. I I haven't heard that. But it's infiltrating everywhere else. There was a story a couple weeks ago about these three comedians. Yeah. None of them. You wouldn't know any of their names. I kind of recognize one of their names. But there were three New York comedians that were hanging out late at night at Mm -hmm. an apartment. And they got a bunch of coke. And they were doing coke. And the one girl decided to do it first, did a little bit. Sure. And was like... This is, I, I don't know, I don't feel great. I'm going to like, Ugh. I'm going to chill out. I'm going to go bathroom or whatever. Horrible. So she's the only one that lived because she only did a little bit of it. The other yeah. guys were like, blew Ugh. a couple lines and then bam, they died. died. And she, they found her, she was in like a coma or something. Jesus. Because the amount, the it's insane if you look up the amount of fentanyl it takes that will kill you. It is so small. Yeah. And so these, from what I've read, these drug dealers can get fentanyl cheap. So they're cutting, they're cutting their drugs with fentanyl. So they can and, and also, export more. And also, if you don't die, it really fucks you up. So it makes it stronger. Thereby addicting so more. They're fucking, you know, doing what drug dealers do. Just trying to make as much money as they can. That's yeah, right. and in the process, like, these people are just... People are dropping dead left and right. Yeah, and it's all... That's what I'm saying, like... That's what got Prince It's been too. found, yes, yes. It's, it's been found Prince. in a lot of different, it's not It's not just being found in Oxy now. It's being found in Coke. It's being fa- found in all these different drugs. Different drugs, yep. So, right. I mean, you know, that's got to be fucking terrifying. Like, 
I wouldn't want to do anything. I do, if I was I a do. young if I was a young person and I was like experimenting and partying, I would be like, man, I'm just sticking to alcohol and weed. Keep all that shit away from me. Well, that being said, I mean, it's kind of a good thing that it's happening in a way. Not not that. In well, that, if in the that person is smart way. enough to be like, I don't want to touch that. Well, well, here's that. That's what I'm saying. But you like, know, young it's young people. There's young gives, people that are like, oh, like we gotta try it, man. Like, well, here's the thing though. Like when I was young. I, had never, I don't think anybody had heard of fentanyl, right? So here's my point. No. The thing is, when I was young, yeah, it was one thing to be like, all right, so people are doing drugs and drinking a lot, and okay, it's under, it's illegal, number one, and number two, you could die from alcohol poisoning, number three, you could get arrested for possession, or worse, overdose. That by itself was reason enough not to do it. But now that you have something in there that could definitely fucking kill you, and not only that, but only a little bit, that's like an extra incentive to not even fucking bother. That's the scary... You know what I'm saying? That's the scary part. Yeah, and I feel like we have more perspective because we're a little bit older and a little more mature. I feel like a 16-year-old kid isn't gonna be, is going to be like, oh, shit, like, I got to try... You know, like, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, about, oh, yeah, I'm not talking... I'm not saying uh, the 16... The 16-year-old... <coughs> Sixteen-year-old like, kids aren't going to still fucking be stupid. But what I'm saying is, objectively, there is more reason not to do those things now. Yes, that's my point. And the yes. people that are smart enough to not try it are even smarter for not trying it now. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know what I mean? And by the I, way, I, know, I, I feel like there's not a whole lot of those people. That's <laughs> well. If, if a conversation starts, hey, listen, man, uh, Ted Nugent. I don't know if you knew this, but Ted Nugent inspired the straight edge movement. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that? Really? I didn't know. Yeah. I, I knew Ted Nugent was straight edge. He was straight edge before it was called straight edge. And I know of the straight edge movement, especially like the 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 80s hardcore. That's like, right. Exactly. In minor DC. threat. Yep. And, yeah. Minor threat. Actually, exactly that. Because Ian MacKay and Henry Rollins... They're both, like, sober. Like, they've never sober done dudes. anything. Never yeah. done anything because they were Ted Nugent fans when they were growing up. And they didn't want to do drugs or alcohol ever. And so never did because of Ted Nugent. And then Ian MacKay wrote the song Straight Edge with Minor Threat, and that spawned an entire movement Yeah, there's a called good, the Straight Edge Movement. Um, I forget the name of the documentary. I saw it years ago. It's probably, like, over 10 years old now. Also, Gene Simmons. <laughs> <coughs> True. But there was a great... Uh, documentary about the like 80s hardcore scene and uh everybody's in it Ian MacKay's in it Henry Rollins is in it yep. fucking uh Dave Grohl's know. gotta be in it uh, right? yes like everybody's in it like the Bad Brains guys like oh everybody. dude the Bad Brains are one of the best bands Dead of all Kennedy's, time Kennedy's like all those guys they got in the documentary and it was really fascinating because they go through like the whole history of it and they, yep. they go through the whole straight edge thing oh and, dude that's such a great era and it's interesting but that's that that's weird I'm I'm I think Ted Nugent is a great guitar player, but I am not a fan <laughs> of Ted Nugent at all. I think he's a real... <laughs> he's out of his mind. Piece oh, yeah. of garbage. But that's interesting. I guess I have to put myself in that mind frame because nobody knew Ted Nugent was as, cra you know, as crazy as he was. He never to wanted one to... way. He was just the crazy rocker. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, he was still a crazy and rocker. Not, not you know, not to uh, shit on him, but while he wasn't doing any drugs, he was banging fourteen-year-olds all over the country, and had no problem with that. Well, <laughs> that doesn't mean he didn't 
Yeah. Like, that doesn't mean you didn't inspire. True, true, true. That's movement. interesting. I, I, I never heard that. Yeah, it's fascinating, right? Because you gotta get yeah. to. Because I mean, barring the sobriety thing and the straight edge thing, you couldn't get more diametrically opposed people between Ian Mackay and Ted Nugent, right? Like, totally. Yeah, and like completely different people. I'm always fast, like, I've always been fascinated by Henry Rollins. And Henry Rollins, too. He matter. is just a whacked out dude. Like, not in a bad way. He is just out there, man. I've heard him, I've heard so many interviews with him, and he's just a strange, strange dude. Like, he, do you know, Oli, he, he doesn't, like, he doesn't, he, I guess he's kind of like Dave Grohl. He doesn't sit still. Yeah. No. Like, he had a podcast for a while, and I think he stopped doing it because he didn't like being tied down to a schedule. Because he literally does whatever he wants now. Like, he goes, he's he got big enough photography, and he'll just book, a, he'll just have his assistant book him a flight to some random country. He's been to, like, Afghanistan, he's been Jesus. to, like, horrible country, like, and he just goes and, like, and, like, gets immersed in the culture and takes pictures. And, like, <laughs> yeah. he'll just take a backpack with him. Like, so you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even recognize, like, you wouldn't even recognize him. He probably never gets recognized. Like, it's, but he's, he's talked about, he's been on Joe Rogan a bunch. And he's talked about when yeah. he's home, all he does is sit at home and listen to records and do push-ups. Yeah. And, like, pull-ups. And, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Joe what? was, like, because Rogan was talking, because... You know, he was talking to him about how UFOs, he's never yeah. done any drugs or, or anything. Sure, and, sure. You know, Rogan obviously loves drugs. And Rogan, <laughs> was, Rogan was like, did you ever do, like, what do you do for fun? And, and Henry Rollins is like, you know what I do? He's like, once a week, I get myself a ginger beer. And I enjoy a ginger beer. And Joe Rogan was like <laughs> laughing at him. He was like, really? Like, you <laughs> And I bet Henry Rollins was, like, dead-ass serious. Oh, dude. yeah. He was, dude. He My was. My favorite thing in the world is ginger beer. I it's love... It's fucking great, though. Let's get, let's get real. Oh, ginger it is. It is. tasty as fuck. But I love listening to the man speak. Like, he's a fascinating individual. In fact... But I, have... I'm terrified of him. I would never want to hang out with him. Because I feel like <laughs> I would have no idea what to talk to him about. And he would just be sitting there, like... See them. Ready to go on to... Ready to get out of the conversation to go do whatever else he's doing. And I... It really, I get a kick out of the fact that he literally will book auditoriums and have people just hear him talk. Not even do stand-up, but talk. Dude, and the crazy part, I mean, I'm, crazy, sure, right? I'm sure you've heard, yes, and I'm sure you've heard the story about how he ended up being in Black Flag, but he talks about it in that documentary. And he has it's a book crazy. about it, actually. It's crazy how, the, how he was just a fan, and he was just there, yeah. and they were like, and he was like, I can sing that song, and they were like, alright, go ahead, and he and, got up there and just went crazy. And then, and then they later called him while he was like scooping ice cream with Ian McKay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, shit, I gotta quit. haagen Yeah, haagen He was exactly. a manager at haagen And then he quit his, <laughs> he quit that job and then fucking was in Black Flag and he's done about icon. he's done about two or three episodes of Rogan okay that are like three and a half hours long oh, and bet. they are fascinating he I is such a fascinating dude like yeah. I can listen to him talk about just about anything like cause he goes into the he talks about his movie career too because remember he he after Rollins, man, he kind of walked away from music and just yep. was an actor for a while. Yeah, like, yeah. And he was, like, a bit actor in a lot of shitty movies. Like, he's in that shitty movie The Chase with Charlie Sheen from, God. like, the early 90s. He plays a know. cop. Like, was and he? I remember watching <laughs> the movie and being like, holy shit, that's Henry Rollins. Like, <laughs> why is he in this movie? <laughs> why not? <laughs> but uh, to tie it into Woodstock 94... Rollins' band played at Woodstock 94 and fucking were amazing. They were. 
Yes, I I bought the the first Rollins Band album. Yeah. It's really good. The one with Liar on it. You ever hear that song Liar? That was uh, like the big hit. It had you never uh, saw the video? No. Uh, so it's a Beavis and Butthead thing cuz you see this is me showing my age because um <laughs> Beavis and Butthead, it was an early Beavis and Butthead video that they loved. Like, it's a crazy video, and he's all painted red and screaming at the screen. Of course he and is. Beavis and Butthead are like, yes, yes, fire! Like, it's so fire, funny. Fire, fire, But they're like, who is this guy? Like, it's hysterical. But their first album is actually pretty good. I believe, I think I own it. And really? uh, it's Mick Jagger. <laughs> because after Black Flag, he just went and started a rock band. Called Rollins Band. Right, yeah, and they're just a straight up, like, hard rock, like, Kick you in the face, rock band. Nice. And uh, is that it? Or is oh they have their whole set? I'm gonna be watching that later. Whoa! But yeah, he and it was raining, and he's just fucking standing in the pouring rain. It's being iconic. Is this it? Oh yeah, this is it. So you think you're gonna live your life alone in darkness? And so it's really. It's a very strange song, but it's really good. Sounds very early 90s. Wait, it's like... He does this for a while and then goes crazy. It's pretty awesome. Loneliness never leaves you. It haunts you everywhere you go. And then, you meet me. And your whole world changes. Because... This was like, uh... MTV used to have the buzz bin. They had the this thing called bin. the buzz bin. The buzz bin. And it What's was the like, bin? it was like how they would like push. I don't know. Record companies probably paid them to get in the buzz bin, but they would like push certain videos. They would be like, oh, this week in the buzz bin, we got new videos. Here, here goes. What the fuck? Yeah. Why is he red now? I don't know. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? Very Soundgarden. <laughs> it's very Allison. It's very Sound early Garden. '90s. It's very early '90s. That's probably why I like I it love, so much, dude. I love those riffs, bro. But they, they, they really—I forget how many albums they put out. They put out a couple albums, but they—they they, they were good, man. They rocked. I really enjoyed them. And then, yeah, he says in Rogan, he was like, I pushed him as far as I could go. And yeah. I was just like, all right, that's done, on to the next thing. Like, hey, That's what I think is cool about him, is he's not one of those guys who's like, oh, like, let's go do a, you know, 35-year uh, reunion, reunion of, yeah. of Black Flag, which would be, why would anyone want to see that? Like, Nobody who wants to see a 60-year-old Black Flag? Like, it was a moment in time. You can't recreate that. On that point, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of braggy, but it's to your point directly. I saw The Who two years ago. I saw The... What? No, yeah, there's... There's bands that can do that. And The Who and The Stones can do that. I, but but I, something like Black Flag... You... You can't you, you can't have a bunch of sixty year old guys playing Black Flag songs and well, jumping around like I mean look, you could but I it's mean, gonna be weird. <laughs> I mean look did I tell you it's I... already gotten weird and I love Metallica sure. but it's already gotten weird watching sixty year old men with gray hair up there like thrashing still well, like it's cool well, but it's it's starting to check get... it out check it out right so the Who 
Did I tell you about The Who? I told you about when I saw The Who, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, we talked about this because I told you I saw them before M. Whistle died. I think we might a have talked about it on a past podcast. But yeah, you, Maybe. I don't know if you told me the whole story, but you told me you did see them. I did see them, and what happened was Pete Townsend was like a crotchety old man the entire time. Like he was... He would delay between songs to get a roadie to get him, like, a cough drop. I've heard of that about him. And he would, like... And he, um... He forgot the line to one of the songs he was singing. And he yelled at his brother Simon across stage. Give me the line! Like, into the mic at MSG. And, like, he even when he was doing the pinwheel thing, the first time he did it, he ripped his nail off. Oh, I was gonna say, does he even do it anymore? He does it, and then he was like, oh, I ripped my nail. And, And then he goes on to even, like apologize to the crowd for how shitty they were. They weren't even bad objectively, but it was just embarrassing. He's, uh, These old people just fucking, like, shitting the so I think, I, t- I, think I, I think I recommended his book to you before, because I have his I've book, read and part I read of it. it. I, I, and, and it's sorry. very good, and it just, it kind of shows you, I mean, not that he makes excuses, but I guess it just kind of shows you like takes you into the mind of a of a you know again another crazy person. I feel like well geniuses have to be a certain level of crazy it's because he's crazy sure. too. And I and he's a perfectionist, but he's also I've heard not a super nice guy either. Right, so like yeah. you mix those things together, like you know because he would yell and scream at fucking Roger Dolce. Oh, I like, bet. <laughs> Roger wouldn't Roger like beat the shit out of him though? Like, yeah, they got numerous fights. Yeah. Yes, numerous fights. And Pete would call him out and be like, "You're nothing without me." Like say awful shit to him. I bet. No, but cause... I I I'm pretty sure I, I we talked about this before. But I saw them back in '02 right before M Whistle died, and yeah, they were yeah, old yeah. back then. And they were awesome. But now they're old as fuck. But yes, yeah, Roger sounds now, good. But Roger, I, I give Roger fucking credit, man, because he still can hit those notes, man. Yeah. He, and that's that pretty I will, amazing to I will be that old. that, yeah. That's pretty amazing to be that old and still be able to hit those notes because that's another reason why so many bands you can't see again when they Ooh, get man. when they get older it's because it can't be... Like, I guarantee you that's why Roger Plant never... Other than that Plant Plant special Plant. show they did for Ahmed Erdogan... Yep. That's why he doesn't do it because I feel like he can't. He's not gonna be able to consistently every night hit hit the notes. Yeah, I've heard him recently. Yeah, he, there's no way. And I've heard him do all his other garbage, and it's like, yeah, that's great. You know, do all that folk music you want, but yeah. that, you know, we want to hear fucking. <laughs> you know what we song. Can, Well, you know Son Jimmy. Well, Jimmy Page could just call up Chris Robinson again. Oh wait, no, he can't. Yeah. Remember that? Do, I don't think we ever talked about this. We like, did. No, no, on I know the we podcast, did. I think so, yeah, because I know we, we dove, dove into the Black Crows and we talked about Jimmy Page the album and, and Jimmy Page and that whole time period. The it, it, part of you know part of a negative to me on Jimmy Page is the fact that they thought they could actually put together a band with someone else singing was very ballsy to me. I'm glad they didn't do it, <laughs> like because I know they tried well, out numerous singers. They tried out oh, like, exactly. a ton of guys, Steven Tyler and yeah, and, uh, Miles Kennedy, uh, Miles Kennedy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I heard so many different names that tried out during that time period. I'm really glad they didn't do that because that would have really like undermined their not been good. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have... But I, I'm I will say though that Black Crow's record, I think Chris Robinson oh, sounds great. great yeah, yeah. Sounds doing the plant stuff and Paige mm-hmm. sounds better than ever. And it's also weird. That's an interesting thing. It's it's weird to me how like you know certain bands, certain bands, like certain bands. When someone dies, I should probably turn this down just so we. Well, I mean, nobody listens, so we're not gonna get pulled off <laughs> from okay. music. <laughs> but uh, so many bands, somebody dies, right? Yeah. And then the band can't go on anymore, and they never right. get back together. Sure. And, I mean, Zeppelin's obviously the biggest example. Mm-hmm. But then there's other bands where you know, look at ACDC. 
That's a that's the exception, not the rule. I, I find. yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. that's interesting to me how some bands can manage to do it. Uh-huh. They're they're few and far between. You're right, and I'm not. I'm I'm a Bon Scott fan. I like Bon Scott more than Brian Johnson. But you have to tip your cap to the fact that not only did they replace the singer, but then they had the biggest album of their career with the, the first album singer. with the new singer. That's yeah. crazy. That's <laughs> unprecedented. <laughs> You, think, you know what I mean? I wonder, Mike. And even like, like, didn't Iron Maiden have a different singer before Bruce Dickinson they had a or something? Couple, like, yeah, yeah, like, it's always interesting to me. Well, I have a theory. The theory goes that the crux of those bands was not the singer. The singer wasn't even like the second in command. I think we talked about this before about how, like, if you that, take, but... you're right, like, the, you know, it depends who's the heart of the band. Like, you know, the oh, Stones totally. can interchange. Bass players yep. and can bring Ronnie Wood in and can and, and now have a different drummer and not, not miss a beat because it's all about Mick and Keith. Like, but it's different when it's the singer because like the singer is the first thing people hear. Yes, you know what I mean. So like that's a little bit different, yes. but I think it can be pulled off. I mean, look at Van. But, I mean, Van Halen for example. Alex and, and the, Eddie were able to continue. I mean, those are the two. I mean, those are the two. Like, because they were in control. Those you are know? the two biggest examples. You know, are ACDC and them. Yeah. You know? What about uh, I'm trying to think of another example. Well, you like, but here's something like. Remember, I don't know if you remember, but I remember the first time I heard fucking Chester Bennington singing with Stone Temple Pilots, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, yeah, I, it was weird. What is like? Why? Like, it, not even so close. It, yeah, not even. It was like. I, it made me angry when I heard it. I was like, "How dare you!" Like, yeah, I don't know. how dare you! But I get it. Like, if you're the DeLeo brothers, who... Well, Filter was... I mean, Richard Patrick, when they had uh, Army of Anyone, that album's actually pretty good. No, I know. But I'm saying, if you're the DeLeo brothers... Yeah. You're not just gonna not do anything for the rest of your life. Like, you wanna... Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you... You know? And I get wanting to be like, we have to rebuild stuff. Because they they have another new singer. And I don't even know who he is. I haven't heard it. I don't want to hear it. But now they're playing like tiny little, like they probably would play dingbats. You know what I mean? So, but I get it. Because they're like, well, we got to press on. Like, I can't just sit. I mean, I would be fine just going to sit in my mansion for the rest of my life. But But I get wanting to, wanting to regroup and wanting to keep doing what you love, you know? It's right. not your fault that Scott Weiland was an asshole and ruined his life and, right. and, and, and OB'd, and, you know? Like, and their careers, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you couldn't blame... Like, I never blamed ACDC. Like, I love Bon Scott, but yeah. he fucking was a drunk and he... Uh, he yeah. He was out of control and yeah. he didn't take care of himself and yeah, one died. thing leads to another. Like, yep. that's... You can only tempt fate for so long. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Keith Richards seems to be the only guy who can <laughs> numerous times tempt Bro, fate and still be alive. How the hell is Charlie Watts pa- dead and Keith Richards still alive? Rogan posted a clip. Riddle me that. Uh, Rogan posted a video because I think the Stones just played in Austin or in somewhere in Texas because yeah. Rogan went to see them and he posted a picture and I hadn't seen a picture of the Stones lately yeah. and they've all decided to go gray so Keith is totally gray now wow. and he literally looks like he's 150 years old <laughs> <laughs> and Mick's like pretty much all gray now too. It's just, man, like. It's wild. You gotta tip your cap to, to to them too. I can't believe they're still touring. And they literally, I would go just like to two weeks after Charlie Watts died. Was just like, all right, back out on the road. Like, uh, well, I mean, 
Yeah. Well, they but, had dates scheduled, so I understand it's a, it's a and Steve Jordan different is Keith situation. Richard. Steve Jordan's a good friend of Keith Richards's too, so it was a pretty easy swap. And I get it, and I get it, but it just it, the optics aren't good when you're like Charlie Watts is barely in the ground, and you're like, oh, we got more stadium yeah, shows. I agree. We gotta yeah, I do. agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I always thought Charlie Watts was an underrated uh, drummer. Yeah, drummer. You know, didn't he? Uh, I don't know if you told me this, but didn't he play in like jazz combos when he was off the road with the Stones? Oh, yeah, he would do that all the time. Yeah. I don't think I'm the one that told you, but I did know that. Yep. Like, he would do that all the time. Yeah, he was one of those guys that always wanted to be... Playing. Playing. Like, yeah. So it's even great. when they had downtime, you know, Mick could be hanging out in his, you know, chalet, ch- chateau in France. Having sex with Dave Bowie. Like, right. doing whatever. Yeah. But but Charlie's out there working every night because that's what he wants to, you know? Yeah, good He's for out him, there. Man. Yeah, that's, yeah that's definitely. Incredible. But that's I love. That's like my favorite thing, honestly. Like when I hear about a musician, like in a famous rock band, that like on their downtime just practices more. Like Neil yeah, Peart, obviously, does something or like that's that's one of the things I love about Dave is, is he doesn't stop. He's yeah. always like, all right, what else do I want to do? What's right. next? What's right. I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll direct a movie. Fuck, why not? Like, I'll yeah, do this. Yeah, exactly. I'll, you know, like it, that's like yeah. The, it's like cross training. You know, like you learn one skill. It's it's just, because so many people would be content. To rest on their laurels. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like, think about... I, just try to... I've tried to comprehend in my head how much money they have all made off Nirvana. Oh, wow. And it's got to be astounding that, because that was back when you made money and they sold a shitload of records. Shit. And they didn't tour yeah. a lot, but they sold a shitload of records. Right. And since then, they've sold a shitload of records and a yeah. shitload of merchandise yeah. and a shitload of everything else. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, fuck, man. I, like, why do anything else if you're just like, oh, another giant check? All right, like, and now, now you see like Nirvana songs in in uh, movies and stuff. Like, yep. they finally start doing that. That's even more. That's Boku bucks when that you do that stuff. Ridiculous. I remember the first time I when Zeppelin put their song in a fucking Cadillac commercial. I was like, oh fuck you! Like, come on, why are you doing that at, the, at this point? Like, Zeppelin. do you need more money if you're Jimmy Page? Do you need more money? Well, probably, because he's... Uh, well... I don't think Jimmy Page needs money. I don't think he needs money, but I think he's always... I don't know if you heard this, but he's, like, notoriously miserly. I think he's always been kind of, like, about the money. Like to a, to like a degree. Gene Simmons. Not to... Gene Simmons is, like, well, all the way in the, other, in the one direction. He's super fucking... Gene is all the way out there. He'll <laughs> get a fuck shit. off you for anything, Gene. He, he will always figure out Bro, a way. kiss casket. Yeah, man. Enough said, bro. <laughs> his toilet paper, they've had everything. He has a room in his fucking mansion that has, like, like one piece of every piece of merchandise they've ever Good had. lord. And it's, like, insane. It, that they've is... literally made anything you could think of you could get as a Kiss version. Mikey has, a kiss, a, kiss... Children... Mikey has a kiss children's book. We have, we, have, <laughs> we have Kiss towels. We have Kiss Did you ever hear the comedian Greg Gass? Did you ever hear him do Gene, Gene Simmons? No. No? Oh, Oh, he does such he a good to... Gene Simmons. He's like, this is Gene... He used to go on Howard all the time. Oh, sweet. This is Gene Simmons from Kiss. And he would always, like... You're stupid. The whole time he was talking, he would just be hawking products. <laughs> no, I think I might have heard a little bit. And it's, like, really fucking good, Really right? good. And yeah. one time they had Gene on with him, because Gene got pissed, because... He sounded so much like him. Like, oh, yeah. Like, and they had him on one day, and like you could tell Gene was getting annoyed with him. But he's it's insane. He sounds exactly like him. Right. And like, he would prank people and fool them all the time. Oh, I bet, Because dude. the voice was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gene Simmons, bro. 
the fire breathing kabuki wearing miserly. He's from Israel, actually. Turns out, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a Jeju. He's an old Jew. Well, <laughs> he and his mother. What's he's got like a real Jewish name too, right? Um, he, like... he's had a few actually. He's had. He was born, I think, Heim Witz. Yeah, Hyman or something or Heim. No, no, Heim. La- like one of those uh, those Hebrew one of those C-H. Hebrew names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heim Witz. Um, then he changed his name to Gene Klein when he came over to uh, the states, and then later I forget why he changed it to Gene Simmons. But um, no, but he grew up. He and his mom, his dad abandoned the family. His, he and his mom grew, lived in Israel in abject poverty when Israel had just become a country, like mm. a couple years prior. Mm. Crazy time to be there. Shit. Oh, absolutely. And that, it's it's funny because in one of his books, actually, Me Incorporated is the one. He and his buddy, I think his name was Shlomo. Don't quote me. I think. I, I'm Great. almost positive. I, you, I think you're right, because that sounds familiar to me. Like, right? You know the story? So, like, basically, he and him, when they're, like, four years old, and they're selling bread and, like, water to people in is in their little town in Israel. Jeez, they're four years old. That's crazy. Crazy. It's almost so from a young crushing. age, he knew how to make a buck. I know. Yeah, 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 totally. I know we left this on, so I keep getting distracted, because I'm thinking to myself... Rock and Roll Circus is playing, because I guess it just played on YouTube. Just, and I know oh, we no, talked no, about no, this no. in a past podcast. We did, we but did. But I heard recently, actually, someone was talking about this, and they said that the oh. reason why the Stones didn't release it for so long was because they thought the Who blew them off the stage. Oh, yeah, because they... But how can you, like... I don't know. He was fucking amazing in this show. Uh, they probably didn't think And so. look at what he's doing. He's getting and he's like, like, <laughs> better. He's just begging for David Bowie Like, Bowie's it's one of the best performances of Sympathy for the Devil, and he really thinks that they got blown off the stage by The Who. May- they may- Maybe they did. Maybe. I mean, The Who were good. Yeah, I mean, The Who... But I The mean, Dirty Mac was was all I cared about when the, the oh, super group... Oh, yeah. Oh, Keith's... Uh, by the way... So fucking good. People don't... People sleep on Keith as a bass player. They don't talk about Look that. Look it up, people. Dirty... The Dirty Mac. Dirty Mac. The Dirty Mac. They played at the Rock and Roll Circus, and they oh, were awesome. And by the way, this should, should come Mitch as Mitch Mitchell us. played on drums from yep. Hendrix. Oh, yeah. And it didn't... Doesn't Keith play... Or when Bill Wyman was in the band, I know uh, Keith played bass on a lot of their tunes. On, on record. I'm sure he did. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he did. He's got that pocket, bro. He's the human riff, after all. Did you ever hear that story? He's told it a million times about how... Kate? He wrote Satisfaction. No. Oh, oh, wait. Did Andrew Luke Oldham lock him and Mick in a kitchen? No, no, no. He was, um... Or a he was or doing He was doing uh, drugs all night. Oh. And he was all fucked up. And he was just fucking around on the guitar. And he had, a he had a, like, a simple, like, A-track player next to him and he was just he was just recording whatever he was fucking doing oh damn he was just fucking around and he was all fucked up and eventually he passes out (laughs) and the tape keeps going so he wakes up the next morning and he looks at the machine and he's like shit like he doesn't even he has no recollection of what happened the night before nothing he didn't even realize he was recording and he was like holy shit I was recording I wonder what's (laughs) on this tape rewinds the tape Hits play. It's satisfying. And he's going, bam, bam, and he's like, oh, that's pretty good. And he fucking picks up his guitar and starts playing it. There you go. Hey, you know, it's not as much, <laughs> listen, it's not as squeaky clean or family friendly as the story of yesterday. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. It's not scrambled eggs or anything. But <laughs> no, hey, no, hey, no, you know, no. It's one of those cool rock and roll no, stories. No, yeah, it's, <laughs> Look at fucking Lennon. I believe in magic, do you? <laughs> no, I just do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I read Lance Bass's book, right? And it turns it ties into Keith in a second. 
It turns out... It's bad to do a lot of drugs? No, actually. On the road with NSYNC? No, they no, didn't party? Didn't. No. <laughs> actually, yeah, no, they didn't. But, um, <laughs> but Keith Richards was a huge NSYNC fan. How? And would, like, follow them around and would, like... That's be weird. in the right, and would like be in the stands, like just with like a fifth of whiskey in his hand, being like, "Ah, fuck you!" Like with his middle finger out. I was gonna say, I on. wonder if he had young kids at the time, but he was in the crowd with a bottle of whiskey. Then I bet he wasn't there with his kids. I bet no. I, <laughs> I, I bet Anita Pallenberg was probably watching over him, like, "Where the fuck is Keith now?" <laughs> I, I don't know where they were at at that point, but that's funny. I left <coughs> Brian Jones for this schmuck. Yeah, right. Well, then again, I mean, it's. I mean, if you were a chick, and you were back in the day, and you had to choose between Brian Jones and the human riff Keith Richards, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, Keith Richards yeah, I, is is like know, a saint. I feel bad for Brian Jones, and I don't really know, nobody really knows exactly what happened to him, but, you know. He was... Suck it up. <laughs> Suck it up. <laughs> 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 that was oh, sad. Oh, man. I told you I have this poster I got when I was a kid, and it's like a, um, it's a, it's like a Twenty Seven Club poster. Oh God! And it's like up in Does the. Does it hev- say "suck it up"? On it's it? like no, no, no. It's that would be funny if it did. But it's up in the heavens, you know, and there's clouds and everything. Oh God! And it's got uh, like and like oh, their their yeah. images are in the clouds, so it's got Kurt, it's got Hendrix, it's got Jim Morrison, it's got uh, all those Joplin, and then Brian Jones is on there. Heroes. And when I was a kid, I remember being like. Does Brian Jones really like belong, belong in this there. company? You know, well, like I yes. like Brian Jones, but but you know, I mean. <laughs> well, listen, he named the Rolling Stones. Uh, yes, and he was great. Therefore, and he was great, and he's very forgotten about. I, I mean, I bet you the casual Stone fan didn't even know who the fuck he was. Nope. You know what I mean? I didn't. <laughs> I just thought the Ronnie casual Wood. Stone fan probably just assumes Ronnie Wood's always been in the band. Like they yeah. probably don't even know who the fucking faces are. I mean, he might as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, Roddy Wood was in the faces, he was. man. They were you, awesome. I will tell you what, I've never actually spoken to somebody who recommended me a faces song. It's like, yeah, the faces are awesome. Never. never you know was. what's funny? Oh. That's the only Rod Stewart music I like. I fucking hate Rod Stewart, but I love the I faces. Don't even know any Rod Stewart music. Mm. Rod Stewart used to be able to rock. Did he? People might not know this because all he's been singing his standards for the last 15 years. Hey, but man. yeah, man, the faces were awesome. Uh, Dave Dave talks about the faces all the time. They've covered uh, the faces before, but they were awesome. No shit. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, and fucking Ron Wood was like him and fucking Rod Stewart started the band together, Who were f- basically. Wow, that's sick. Didn't yeah. Ron Wood play the bass in that band? And they had Jeff Beck, right? Didn't they? Yes, Jeff Beck was in that group. Uh, and then he's Jeff Beck, and so and he Jeff Beck insanely... I feel like Jeff Beck is very underrated. I feel like no, people, I don't think so. I think people really? know. Exactly I feel like young people have no idea who he is. That's shocking to me because like oh, okay, no, it's shocking to me that you're telling me otherwise because that I'm makes me happy, you, if, dude. Jeff Beck it makes me happy that you know who Jeff Beck is, dude. Because Jeff Beck, well, because here's the thing about Jeff Beck, right? Is that like first of all, like he's very ardently into what he likes and will play what he likes and cannot play the game like socially. Has cannot. never. Never has, never will, frankly. He's not afraid to tell anybody to fuck off. Yeah, never was. It's, it's, it's cool, too, because, like, think about think of this, right? Jimmy Page wanted Jeff Beck with them in what later became Led Zeppelin because they were in yeah, the Yardbirds the Yardbird, together. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I, Crazy, feel like, right? I feel like young people have no idea who the Yardbirds are. Should they? Yeah. I mean, granted. I mean, I, the Yardbirds weren't... It's not like the Yardbirds have a wealth of music or anything. No. But... 
you know, as far as the history of music goes, I mean... They're, yeah, you can't really... You can't ignore the Yardbirds, I mean... But I'll tell you what, They though, had, at different points, they had three of the greatest guitar players in their band. To. I mean, that's crazy. That's the reason why I know <laughs> them, to be honest Okay, well, all right, but that's good, though. At least, yeah. you know, like, I wouldn't expect you to be like... No fucking the Yardbirds catalog. I can only no. name like two or no three way. songs. But... I <laughs> Bro, I know they did Train kept a rolling at one point. There's that one video of uh, I think Jeff Beck. Was... No, actually, they have this song called "For Your Love," which was pretty popular in like the '60s psychedelia. And then Jimmy Page repurposed it for Zeppelin, right? He had to have. Um no no um I feel like he did. I could be wrong though. It was very of the time. Like if you hear it, it sounds very like. Very in the psychedelic time period, you know, like by the way, and peppermints, and, and you don't yeah. like any of that stuff. Nah, because like I don't. I I'm not gonna say I like love all of it, like because I'm not a dead guy. And yeah, but, the uh, dead, I the dead, I'm like. I'm, but I'm a huge cream guy. I like cream, and I'm a huge uh, uh, Jefferson Airplane, like not the not. original band. Yeah, the not original Starship, band, yes. not what it became. Yes, the original band. Yeah, I'm a big fan of. And, um, you know, there were a couple other bands from that period that were really good, but, uh... I don't know, man, I just really, I like the bluesy, like, psychedelic guitar of Hendrix, and, but I don't yeah, like the whole, like, whoa, <laughs> kind of You don't like the, the Ken Kesey jumping no, on a bus and eating a bunch no, of acid and driving no, around the country? No, I don't. I don't, because, <laughs> no, that's the era that killed, that killed most of the 27 Club, frankly. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, I don't think it's any, oh, by the way, police, right? Andy Summers? Yeah. I don't know if you know, but he, back in the day, used to play with this guy named Zoot Money. Okay. And they were like this R&B, like, standards band that would, was pretty popular in London in the 60s. But then, of course, Psychedelia hits, and they all start doing a lot of acid, and they changed their name to Dantalian's Chariot. (laughs) <laughs> all right, and they would and they would dress in all white wow. and have like this really psychedelic light show. But after like a year of this, like, well, first of all, the people in the audience were like, "What the fuck is this?" Secondly, they were doing so much acid that they almost crashed their like bus when they were driving, That's and so crazy. they were like, "Yeah, we gotta abandon this. This is kind of stupid." It's insane how like crazy it got like yeah that's what like i'm saying everybody yeah. was doing acid yeah like oh. it, <laughs> like they were just passing it around at parties like yeah totally <laughs> if you if you kept your even if you had your cup with you somebody could like drug you i like, couldn't imagine Mickey walking you into it. a party where everybody in there no. was on acid like that's insane <laughs> just mutton chops and fucking sheets with a skull oh on. man no thanks great way to put holes in your brain that's for mm-hmm. sure that and William Tell. And yeah, you can't be surprised. Like, of course, you know, numerous people from that period are going to die and are going to die, some of them of mysterious circumstances because fucking they were just crazy. crazy and yeah. they were just doing whatever the fuck they wanted to. Yeah, that they And they were. were like, they were trailblazers. I mean, they you were, know, but they, well. Because they, they nobody, were. nothing Not had come before, you're like, nothing had come before them. Well, the Royal So 20s, they were like, paving, Crowley. No, but I mean, like, I mean, like, as far as music, like, there was really, like, no rock and roll. Like, there was, like, they were, like, bla- trailblazing their own path. Like, In the now, world of rock, yeah. Now right. we have all this history to go off of. But it must have been crazy to be, like, the first group of people doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it must have been. Because you're seeing... 
That's why were. I think that it would have been so cool to be around back then because such a fertile ground. Like you're seeing Credence and you're seeing yeah. like all these different, you know, Bob Dylan and you're seeing all these different things from all these different Dude. parts of the country and no. you know what I mean? Like Yeah, man. You know what? I, I, it, was, it was a real like renaissance to be a part, yeah, you're right. I think to be a part of like a renaissance like that musically, especially as somebody who loves to play as much as I do, as a young person, it must have been oh, cool. Dude, it like, must have been wild, bro. I would have been all over like seventies. Like, like that's early all 70s I talked to my mom about. Yeah, is music because like I want to know like, and my mom is you know, um, what I forget how old she was around then, but yeah, like around the teenage years. So Damn. like. I'm so interested. It must have been so cool to just like you know when stuff comes out like because now every pretty much everything's been done before. How many times does an artist come out where you're like I've never heard something like that? Not before. often. You know what I mean? Like Not often. everything's kind of been done. But imagine <laughs> being young and being like like Let's hearing fucking Hendrix for the first time and being like, Dude, what the fuck? Like, I know you'll never. I don't think you'll ever. At least on guitar, minimum, you'll never get another guy like that. Or, I don't know, I mean, countless books, countless interviews, they all say the same fucking thing about Hendrix, which is, it was a force of nature, we never heard anything like it, it was a sight to behold, we knew music was changing. Yeah. Crazy, right? You, like, how rare, I mean, I, no right, words, like, it only, no words. It only happens, like, you know, you can, uh, people might laugh at this, but you can consider him like a modern day Mozart, because... Yeah, pretty much. And especially, you know, Mozart's also was known for producing a lot of stuff in a short amount of time and Hendrix did the same thing yep oh yeah you know Very prolific the, the fire burned fast and it, but it burned bright yep and so it's insane damn it's yeah. in, like like when you go through it it really I think to myself and I'm like when did he have time to do anything else it just seems like he just sat around and played music his entire life I guess like, he did well, no, I yeah mean, I mean he must have must have he yeah. must have always had a guitar with him because had it's insane and like the last year of his life, I think I told you this before. The last year of his life, he, as his studio was being built, he basically just lived there and was just recording like all the time. That was Ladyland, right? Oh well, yeah, Electric Ladyland. You're... I'm trying but, to think of other uh, musical happenings that were like really important. Well, did you ever watch Vinyl? On no, I heard it was. I heard it was. I heard mixed things, but I did want to watch it, but I just haven't gotten around to watching it. It could have been really good. You know, it's a shame because I think they missed an opportunity to make a really good seventies music period piece. Right. And I mean, because this, in my opinion, I mean, yeah, what the six? Uh, well, the sixties were great, and yeah, no doubt. If I were growing up in the sixties, knowing what I know now, I would have been excited because the seventies are coming after. I mean, I think the seventies were cool because, frankly, the nineties have the seventies to thank for all the great music. It was like, almost like, evolved versions of what the 70s started. But, yeah. in the grunge, in grunge's sense, it was more of like a dirty, rainy version of like 70s, like mishmash. I mean, in 70s, you had punk, you had hip hop, you had funk, like, fucking Parliament Funkadelic was 70s. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. had Led Zeppelin, you had Pink Floyd, you had the Eagles, you had... Who else, man? Like, I mean, look, I'm not even breathing, and I'm naming, like, all these people. Petty, right? Yeah. Bruce. Absolutely, absolutely. Tell me about Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was very fertile. And, oh, and, dude, and, that, so, and that awesome. was, and that was the, that was, you know, Steely a lot Dan. of people consider that the second wave, because most yep. of those people were influenced by the Beatles, right. and Cream, and yeah. the early, oh, yeah. and those, and the first wave, you know, Creedence, yeah. those first couple bands, they yep. were all influenced by them. Yep, exactly. So... Uh, get these long ass records. That's why. That's why 
people say it's cyclical, and when people talk oh, about like how shitty music is now, like will be forever. Like, yeah, it's gonna come back around because people said the same thing. People said that in the seventies during disco and late late seventies during disco. Like, <laughs> disco sucks, music is right? fucking awful, you know. And then it came back around. Like, it's always people said in the eighties. After the grunge music, you know, after the early 90s burned out, yeah. the fucking music was terrible again. You know what I yep. mean? Like, it, oh, yeah. it, 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 it always goes back around. You know what I find that always gives me hope for the future, too. Because yeah. I always feel like there's going to be something cool that's going to come along. Oh, I don't doubt I don't know what it is, but there's going to be something. And all it's right. not going to be the same all this like. shit I don't like. Right. And all this mumble rap. And K-pop and whatever else the fuck people are yeah, listening to. Yeah, like, that I can do without. You know honestly, what I mean? Like, like, it's gonna be something more uh, towards catered to me. Yeah. Because there's so many other people like me. Oh, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Several, Like, yeah. not every... that That's what's so great about music is... When it hits you, you feel no pain. And everybody has different tastes, so not... You know, there's never gonna be one thing that everybody's gonna like. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Nope, nope. And there's always something for, for everybody. Absolutely, dude. You know? And especially nowadays, if you only want to listen to, like, Afro-funk or something, you can go online and only listen to Afro-funk. You know what I mean? (laughs) Playlists. It's very easy to do that. You know? Like, back in the day, you know, if you wanted to listen to the same thing over and over again, you'd just have to carry the cassette around in your Walkman all day and keep flipping it back and forth. (laughs) It's a good shoulder shoulder bicep workout, I guess, right? I was I was more of a disc man guy. Oh, were you? I was post yeah. I was a little. I I the the cassettes had already kind of gone away. Like, oh wow. Because I was CD man. I was probably. I was probably like eight or nine when CDs first came out. Oh man. So by the time I was like 11, 12, and I started getting into music, like CDs were it, and they used to have those, those long boxes. And it looked like half. You ever see those? They used to sell CDs in a, in what they called a long box. And it was like it looked like half take take a take a record. It was half of a record. Was that with the uh, Prince of Darkness Ozzy thing? The whole point of it was to look so so be, they didn't have to adjust the shelving as much. Oh, at stores. I see. It was half of a record. Oh, what? The f- and the oh, CD. Oh no, I've seen that. And the whole top part of it was empty. I've and seen that. And then at the that. bottom, I've you had that. the CD yeah. case was in the bottom. I've seen that. In, like, it was borders. so weird. Some bands have done like special reissues. I think Rob Zombie just did it, where he put his album out in long boxes, like on purpose. <laughs> like, because sure. everybody's into, like, nostalgia and retro nostalgia. now. Bro, I mean, I play Nintendo Switch, and, like, half the shit they put out is, like, nostalgia, which I like, but now I'm waiting for the new shit. Nostalgia's but anyway. Nostalgia's taking over. Nostal- Dude, it's... Yeah, we talked about this. Just so, like, call this the nostalgia cast. <laughs> nostalgia cast. Honestly, man, um... Yeah, it's insane. I think uh, nostalgia is good for a quick buck, but I think they're definitely... I mean, there's got to be something new that's coming, right? Well, it just shows you how lecherous and how disgusting Hollywood and the money totally. people are because totally. once something becomes popular, then everything is that. So that's why everything's nostalgic that's now just, because yeah. a couple things hit and then everybody's like, oh, Whoa. like, you know, Cobra Kai's big and then everybody's like, oh, let's remake every single thing from the 80s right now. Like... <laughs> You know, I think it's, in my opinion, well, first of all, I like Cobra Kai. No, me too. Yeah, but I'm just saying how it works. Something, right. you know, superhero movies are big. Yeah. So now everybody's like, I don't care what it is. As long as it's a superhero movie, make it, it you know? Yeah, and yeah. then you've got fucking waves and waves of shitty superhero and movies I, that were... And you know what I love is that people, like, the powers that be, if you will, quote-unquote, always make that mistake. With everything that's good, they always... Because they're like, not creative. Literally, yeah. The money people screw it up, man. Screw up everything. They do. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that note um, save your money 
Take good care of it. Use it for good. And my name is Tony T. That's Mikey D. And what do you want to say, Mike? Uh, join the hang. All right. Join the hang. Hashtag join the hang. All right. I got to use the bathroom. Bye now.